Hi, Peter Borker here, and welcome to today's edition of the Transition Dynamics. Joining me today in the studio is Katie Burkhardt, who is a CEO founder and keynote speaker. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. So I thought today we'd talk about a purpose-driven business. The reason I want to talk about that today is there is so much fluff and misinformation about purpose-driven business. I mean, very much people are misunderstanding, thinking that if you've got a purpose-driven business, then money is a bad word. You can't make a profit. It's got to be for the good of the world. But surely it can. you can add value to your customers, value to your employees, and still make money. Absolutely. And in fact, that's really what being a purpose-driven business is all about. So um, one of the ways I like to think about this is you have, you know, the point on which you're, you're focused, you know, why is it that we're all coming together as an organization? Um, and historically that's been, we're here to make money period, you know, like that's why we're all coming together to do whatever it is that we do every day. And increasingly what you're seeing is that that's not really enough to get people out of bed in the morning to come to work. Um, and while you have gradiated scale on the customer side, if you don't have a top-notch team who's there helping your, your company to do what it does, you are not going to be successful. Um, so what we need to do is we need to shift from saying this, this profit is why I'm getting out of bed in the morning to this purpose is why I'm bringing everybody here together and seeking their contributions. And when I say purpose, what I'm looking for is your why. Why is it that you exist in the first place as a company? Why are you doing what you're doing? And why does it matter? Um, and that's where you get into matter, not just as, you know, we're helping to solve world hunger, which is noble and awesome, but what value do you deliver? Um, and the way that you end up making money is by effectively delivering that value to the people that you serve over and over and over again. That's what's going to allow you to bring in the money that you need to bring in to scale um, and figuring out how to solve that problem or deliver that value in a way that allows you to make money um, is really there. And that's where you get into the shift that we talk about, that money is the resource, not the goal. Do you think that's fundamentally changed since the pandemic? I think it has accelerated a change that was already starting to happen. Um, we knew pre-pandemic, most founders starting out new businesses had already started to prioritize making an impact above um, simply making money, uh, not that they didn't recognize the need for capital. And I think the pandemic gave us this universal pause to, to sit down and say, what is it that... I really want out of life what's important to me. Um, and most, most critically, how do I want to spend my time? Um, and I think that's a huge shift um, that we perhaps have never had before, um, especially on the employee side where we sort of, I don't want to say took for granted, but there was an expectation that you needed a job and you were going to take a job. And, and that was just a reality of life. And I think what we're now having to recognize is this shift that really is, is a purpose-driven organization. You understand that your employees on many levels are choosing to spend their time working with you. You know, this is an investment of their time and it needs to be worth it to them to come in and to do their best work. So we've got a couple of things here because I definitely agree with you on the employee front, 
Mm-hmm. And that was very much demonstrated in November when in the US, 4.7 million people exited the workforce. I think that's yeah. the, on record, that's the biggest exodus of ever, the Great Resignation. So that's telling us something that basically people won't tolerate a shitty job. Yes. However, one of the big challenges you've got is that most entrepreneurs that get into business, I would probably say they've never got into business with any great purpose other than either they've been made redundant and they needed something to do, or perhaps they didn't have the best time at school, considered themselves unemployable and thought they had nothing to lose. Whereas we've got those great examples of people that have purpose-driven businesses, the majority of them do not and never went into business with that mindset. How are they going to make that transition? Or in fact, can they make that transition? So we would say that every business has the opportunity to be a a purpose-driven business, to use that model to run their business more effectively and really thrive um, in the purpose economy. Um, However, you are going to find those businesses that never really were here to deliver actual value. You know, they are just adding to the noise of, you know, the 65 millionth app that does what the other 64 million do on the market. And there wasn't, you know, they, they really didn't have a clear value proposition in the first place. They didn't know who they were trying to help. They did not take the time to understand them. They were just looking for that quick win. Those people are going to have to rethink what it is that they're they're here to do and really look at what contribution are they making. I think the existence of those companies are here. And I think those will be the ones that whether they do it themselves and choose to just step back um, or they can't recruit uh, people to come in and really help their companies to grow will slowly but surely fade out um, because they just won't be able to be effective um, as as we move forward. Um, For those that don't quite fit that, that small subset, I would say most businesses, there was some problem some change, some something that motivated them to get into business that they wanted to do. Um, And if it was an individual who started it, um, they were probably trying to bring their unique capabilities to whatever that problem or, or value add was into the world. And I think the work is now in sitting down and actually refining that out so that they can express it um, in in an intelligent way and then starting to think about, okay, how do I get people to come in and work on this, you know, and figure out how we're really listening to the people I'm trying to help and make sure that whatever this is, is actually going to help them with whatever it is that they need to do within the context of our business. Um, But I think the, the first big shift is making sure you understand what is that value that we're centered on? Why do we exist? Um, and then working to, to listen and make sure that you're doing it as well as possible for the customer and then figuring out how to express that enthusiasm through impact stories of customers you've helped succeed is one really great way to do it um, to team members that you're, you're bringing on board. Yeah, and I think that's, that's a really key point that they've got to take the time out and actually articulate where they add value And for some people where they added value pre-pandemic may no longer be where they can add value post-pandemic because the world has, as we've said, drastically changed. And it's not going to necessarily bounce back 
to as we knew it pre-pandemic. It'll bounce forward, and that forward will be different. But in many respects, then that value offering may have to be tailored for our new reality. Yes. Uh, and it's why one of the, the pieces of being purpose-driven is also, you know, if you're, if you're not learning, you stop. Um, and one of the best things or most important things to be constantly curious and learning about is the people you serve, like, where are they? So one, you know, you have the, the customer, the beneficiary and saying, where are they? Is this what's really helping them right now? You know, or is there something else that we need to do? And then more importantly, thinking about where do our capabilities help them now um, versus you know, there for a period of time, everybody was an expert in remote work and, and you, you didn't pass the sniff test on a lot of companies, but we're like, these are not your unique capabilities. This feels very weird and opportunistic, and it's not actually helpful um, versus looking at where can we really use what we do to keep moving this forward. And not to mention from an innovation point of view, where do we need to look at totally new ways of maybe not what we're delivering, but how we're delivering it? Because the world is different now and what what these people need from me and the value I'm adding may be different uh, than it was before or how I need to solve that problem is now needs to be done in a way that was different than it was before. On the, the employee end, I mean, things are totally different. Um, if you're not looking at really good systems um, for how to manage remote teams, looking at helping them to build asynchronous communication skills um, because that's not going away. Um, the idea that we're all going to be on in the office all the time um, is not happening. Putting everyone on Zoom meetings for nine hours a day is not working. Um, so really looking at how do we deliver that value? How do we give you especially the autonomy um, that you're really looking for? Um, which gets back to your point about those people who didn't have a job and then went out and started their own thing. I think there's a large wave of people that aren't necessarily looking to build a business per se, but they're looking to capture that time freedom, that autonomy to make sure that their time is going to the things that really matter to them. Um, employers need to really look at how do we um, give them that same autonomy, make sure that we're connecting their personal purpose and the unique capabilities they bring to advance our corporate purpose. Um, you know, but provide them with this, the stability, the relationships, the community that we can provide as a bigger organization that they, they may not get on their own. Interesting that you say that, because I think most companies operated remotely out of necessity due mm -hmm. to the fact that, that there was restrictions in place, you couldn't travel. But I'm hearing from a number of number of people that they're now saying that remote working is unhealthy for the individual that they've got to get back into the office and it's not good for team dynamics and people should really be working in the office again and shouldn't be working at home. Now, to me, that really sort of says we want to go back, not that we're going forward. It's like, well, yeah, if you, if you sort of commute to work for an hour and a half each way, then that gives you thinking space. And all of that time. Now that that kind of bullshit probably worked pre-pandemic, but surely the shift now has been that significant that if there are the working options, people will hold out for something that suits them. Mm -hmm. How do we so deal with that fixed mindset? Because I am seeing that a lot 
And it's like these leaders of industry with that fixed mindset. They only, they only, they only, they do honestly believe that that's the way to go. That we've got to go back. So I think the the challenge you have is change is always difficult, um, mm-hmm. and embracing that learning mindset that you know things are going to be different. How do we take what's working and build on that? Um, I would be the first to say that remote only companies are difficult um, because you're not getting to see people in person. Humans are social creatures. It does matter. Um, And one of the um, most important um, or key sources of purpose and fulfillment in life is your relationships to other people. Um, So I can't stress enough how, how critical it is for business leaders to make sure that that's happening and they're building relationships in a really human centered way. Um, so I don't think that you're going to lose in person. I think what, what's going to go away is the sense of nine to five. We all sit in the office. We're all going to sit in the same meetings and look at each other and do like, that's gone. That's not what your team is looking for. It does not allow them to flexibility to, to work at the times that work best for them um, to recognize that there isn't work and life in these sort of neat boxes. It is all your 24 hours a day. Um, and there's, uh, I think, great opportunity to bleed them together. And I think people saw in the pandemic, the opportunity to do so in ways that were actually really positive for them. Now, that all being said, you you can't have people on Zoom meetings for 24 hours a day. It isn't actually healthy or helpful. You know, so how do we balance out meeting time with other forms of communication? Um, how do we look at um, giving people space in our um, communication expectations, which most businesses don't have and should around, you know, we've determined that Tuesdays are, are days as a company, we just don't schedule meetings so that you have space. We've determined that after a certain hour in the evening, we're not expecting you to respond to Slack messages um, so that you are creating some barriers um, and buffer guards um, for people to um, have some sense of what's expected to them, what's expected when we come together, um, but also flip side, looking at an individual level of understanding in your team, when are their best working times? How do they best communicate um, so that there's a little bit more of that personalization that we've been so hyper-focused on on the customer level starting to come back into um, the team level um, because you've got a little bit more of this independent agents choosing to come together, a little bit more rebel alliance um, versus Mm -hmm. kind of the old way of doing business as the empire where like, you're going to do it because I told you to, and that's sufficient. It's not sufficient anymore. Now, what steps can business owners that are going to find this quite daunting that's going to believe that their perspective of the old way, as you call it, let's say the empire's way is the best way to go forward, but it isn't. How are you, what, what tips can you give them to start changing their outlook? One like of the a, first things, go, on. go ahead. I was going to say one of the first things that we say to leaders is a recognition that it's not about you. Um, and I think that that's one of the the huge shifts, whether that's a personal shift, you know, as a business founder or a captain of industry who, you know, for completely understandable reasons, I'm a founder myself, you know, is really excited about what they're doing, you know, and wants to build this, this 
big empire, you know, in what it, it, in to, to do whatever it is that they're doing in the world, but recognizing that to do that effectively, it's not about you at all. Um, it's actually about the value that you're delivering out into the world, how well that you're doing it. And ultimately to do that well, you're going to need to do that with other people. Um, there are very few of us making that level of impact um, and, and that level of capital to your original question all by ourselves. Um, so I think that's the, the big shift that has to happen. Um, and when we see leaders make that shift, all of a sudden, a whole lot of other pieces start to fall into place from how they define success, what it is that they're actually measuring, um, how they're communicating to their team is huge. Um, the, the next piece that we start to look at is, okay, if you've recognized that it's not about you, as leaders, you need to start connecting what you're asking your team to do to why you're asking them to do it. Um, and I think we're starting even for old mindset people to see some interest in, for example, the OKR goal setting mentality, where we are really trying to say like, this has to be an aligned effort. Um, and the more you can align that with, here's the actual value we're trying to deliver. Here's how we've broken that out in steps in a plan. Here's where you fit. Um, and here are the contributions that you're actually making. The more successful that's going to be, you know, a machine you can turn on and off. A person wants a reason and some context um, that this thing they're going to spend, you know, weeks project they're working on for weeks is actually moving the needle forward in a, in a valuable way. Um, so those are two things that, that we would say as like top level shifts have to happen. Um, and then after that, pragmatically, we say, take some time to listen um, and see where things are at your organization, both on the customer end, your team, as well as any partners and other stakeholders to understand where they are. Um, and when we say that, we typically do it in facilitated sessions um, where we actually bring those people in the room, run a dynamic conversation, but the C-suite is in the room. They are actually listening firsthand to what these people are saying because in so many businesses, purpose-driven or otherwise, nobody is really listening um, to, to what's going on and what their perspective is, what's their experienced value versus the value you perceive you're delivering, which often are not the same thing. Um, so figuring all of that out, um, and bringing those pieces and those perspectives to the table is huge. Um, from there, you can define not only your purpose, but the rest of your core strategy, vision, mission, values, and story, um, and then start to work from there as far as, okay, if we understand these things, now how do I start to um, really evolve how my business operates day to day to make sure that these don't end up locked in a poster on a wall, which is not really going to move me forward. And as you say, the first place to start really has got to be what value yes. are you offering to the marketplace? And really, that's where they need to start. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and figuring that out and as much as possible, understanding that, even understanding that in the language that they use, you know, what, what, what do your people say? How do they say it? Um, what does experience look like for them? Um, and being able to then translate that over time from an operational perspective into the business is huge. In fact, Adam Grant did a very, um, I think now widely understood study of, you know, if you bring in someone, understand the problem that they have and the people, your team actually gets to meet one of those customers who has that problem, they're going to be so much more motivated to do what it is that they're doing because they understand why they're doing it and the impact that they're going to have in the world and on another human being. And that's the, I think that's where we are now. We're in the economy of impact. 
yes. people want to see the end result of what they're doing. So if people want to connect with you or they want a bit more information about what you do and what you offer, where do they go? So the first place that you can find me is on LinkedIn. Um, I actually take all connections and will happily answer your questions by message or find a time to meet with you if you are um, so inclined. The other place to um, really join our community and hopefully get more actionable insights about shifting to a purpose-driven model and actually running a purpose-driven business um, is in our MatterLogic community. Um, and the best way to join that is to go to matterlogic.co backslash weekly um, so that we actually drop these insights into your inbox every Monday morning. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Katie. Now, if anything's resonated with you today and you want a bit more information about how you can start working out what value do you deliver both to the customer and to your employees, but you're struggling what to do next, head over to borka.com and get in touch. Let's set up a discovery call to see how you can move it forward. If you've loved today's episode, please like it, share it with others, and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Remember that the most important thing out there is failing to learn is learning to fail. And we are in a learning environment, especially with everything that's going around us. We've got to keep learning. We've got to keep changing. Katie, thank you so much for being an awesome guest. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today.